The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are at the World Meat Congress taking place in Dallas this week. And Brad Coima joins us on the phone with Coima and Kamig out of Sioux Center, Iowa. It's it's the elephant in the corner. We're going to look at this cattle market to start everything off. I tell you, Brad, we had kind of a weird week. We saw that limit up day on Wednesday. It kind of tanked on Thursday. Let's talk about the volatility that you're seeing in the trade. It, it was... Um Thanks for having me on, by the way. It's always nice uh, to visit with you on the air, or off the air for that matter. The, uh, um, the, the, I, I mean, I, you might have heard uh, 2015 come off on my lips here on on uh, a couple of days this week because it kind of reminded me of that, and those are not happy memories. And what I'm talking about is that extreme volatility, you know, that moving 100 to 200 points just whip, 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 you know. Um, we, we've actually not had quite that kind of a, uh, volatility uh, in a while, which is just fine with most of us, of course. Um, I, you know, without beating a dead horse here a lot, but some guys are probably still trying to just, you know, pick up the pieces from what went on here. I thought that Wednesday uh, had a little bit of a peculiarity to it, Susan, because it started out with we broke hard early and had the market kind of on the ropes uh, because there was some talk about 109 cash trade in Nebraska, uh, which was lower than expectations. Um, and then in a little bit, they go, oh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, there was some 109, but it was for, like, the third week of June instead of immediate delivery, which is annoying uh, is the understatement of the day. Um, so then the market started to come back a little bit. Then uh, social media carried uh, 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 the, the, the tale that there was 114 traded in, Texas, well, it was 110 a week ago, a lot of us, me especially, thought I was very skeptical, uh, and upon further review, um, that in fact did not happen, but that you don't figure that out until the afternoon or the following day, so uh, I, I thought that the market started to come back quite a bit on, on some of that um, uh, reporting of, of, of what potentially the cash trade was. And then the funds grabbed a hold of this thing on Wednesday, and it got whippy. Uh, you know, the, the, this HFT algorithmic style of trading uh, where we start to click through old highs and things like that, and it feeds on itself pretty quickly. And I think, you know, maybe me included, uh, maybe too bearish. You know, uh, you know, a lot of you know a lot of us concerned about the big supply. So you got to, you know, markets maybe carrying a pretty big short position, you know, from smaller traders or whatever. So they kind of ran the bus over us uh, on 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 Wednesday and on Thursday, when the reality was that the cash was still more like 110. Uh, we had the market kind of vulnerable. We did close lower, but way off the lows, which I thought you know gave us a little hope for today. So the two. Really, the day and a half on Wednesday midday until uh, you know Thursday midday uh, was when an awful lot of volatility happened. And it'd be okay with me if we'd settle down just a little bit next week. Well, you look at the the box beef numbers. Could there be, as you were talking, a big sell-off form? Well, seasonally, you would expect that to happen. Uh, I guess I expect that to happen too. Uh, the boxes have actually. Uh, hung in there respectably this week. Um, there's been an awful lot of formula sales of box beef this week, which I think maybe 
helped hold the market a little better than it might have otherwise. Uh, but no, I mean, it would barely be pretty standard operating here that we would get on the other side of Memorial Day, and we shipped our, uh, you know, shipped our features from the middles uh, away to more of the grinding hamburger hot dog kind of a deal for a little bit, uh, and away from the, 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 the ribeyes and the strips and the tenderloins. So um, I, I fully expect that to happen. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that waving the black banner here because, I mean, how much money does the packer have to make? I mean, his margins are just unbelievable. They should be wearing, anyway, I better not go there. Last time I got hollered at when I made <laughs> these comments, but they, 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 they're making plenty of money that if the boxes break a little bit, that they're, we don't have to send any sympathy guards around, I don't think. Well, you talk about um, the contracts, and, and first of all, the number of cattle. We keep hearing that we're going to see a big influx, big number of cattle coming to market. You look at the June um, numbers when it comes to contracts, and it's a lot less than what we had June of last year. You're right. And I think you raise an interesting point, at least. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of a numbers nerd and fundamental nerd when it comes to cattle. Yeah. And I find that somewhat interesting as well. I was looking through the data, and they do publish that data, the number of uh, uh, formula, formula or non-negotiated, these contract cattle that you expect for June. And it's, uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me here, but I want to say 237,000-odd contracts, and I think last year was 280 or something like that, and nearly 50,000 difference, I, know, I do know that, um, which is kind of interesting until, you know, as a broker, I, I reflect on that, and I can tell you that the, 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 the mentality last year going into the summer was the feeder had just got rocked. We had just, and I'm a feeder, okay, we just had spent the back half of 2015 and all of 2016 losing money. And so we came in with some cheaper feeder cattle, had a chance to, to hedge them and or use a packer contract. And last year, the, the public was extremely anxious to do it. This year, not so much. Particularly those people that had that packer contract with a basis deal that they they got, they had they lost about eight, nine, ten bucks a hundred by having it because of that strong basis that we had last year, much like we've had this year. So, I think you have an awful lot of people that, that well, we're not going to do that again. Um, I, I, I think that's the explanation for the less contracts. I think you know people can argue with me if they want. I, I think that makes more sense to me than some kind of uh, analytical uh, summation that there's somehow less cattle than last year. I don't believe that for a minute. Um, I, I don't know how you argue with with those consistent placement numbers much above a year ago, relentlessly month after month after month, um, and pretty good anecdotal device, uh, anecdotal evidence as well when you talk around the feedlots like I do, and you can already find an empty pen anywhere. It sounds good. Stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up here in just a moment from Dallas, Texas on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us, Brad Coima of Coima and Kamek out of Sioux Center, Iowa. We didn't talk about the hogs before we headed to break, and I wanted to touch on them briefly because you did talk about some little bullishness going on with the cash and maybe some higher prices working in. Yeah, I mean, these hog guys could probably stand a little, uh, you know, propping up here, um, in my opinion. Um the, uh, yeah, I run with the bad sort of fringe, you know. The fundamental guys that I talk to on the hogs, uh, 
what I do hear from them is positive. Um, uh, we think that the cash hogs can put another two or three dollars on here, um, and I think that there's some room on the on the on the pork product to the upside as well. Now we are carrying a uh, obviously a big premium already, so I mean I'm not really talking any secrets here. The futures already are telling you that they expect the cash market to improve a lot. Otherwise, why would we be 5 or 6 or $7 above the index? But I, I do like the way the chart looks. I like the way we closed today with a little strength late. Um, uh, that's new highs for the move on the Junes here. For the recent move, that's, you know, they haven't been this high in six weeks. Uh, got a lot of good things going for us. I've been wondering from a technical standpoint for quite a while why we can't get back to test you know someplace close to eighty dollars there's still a, a gap there that, that that i think the market maybe wants to go hunting for so yeah i'm um, you know optimistic it ain't gonna set the world on fire but that we can get a couple dollars more maybe three up out of here uh, obviously it's hard that they start to talk about hogs without at least throwing in the casual nafta uh, uh reference um and I, I don't know. You know, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm kind of worn out with the whole thing. I, I, I wish I could. You know, I, I know it's important. The news, you know, it, it just flips and flops. You know, and every couple of days, it seems like I, you know, the news yesterday was not very helpful. You know, Mexico talking about some retaliatory tariffs. Uh, today, there was a little more optimistic talk that yeah, well, we're going to work this out, yada yada. But I, I, I don't know. I, the market feels a bit held hostage to it. But we've traded pretty well, I think, in the face of what what was. Was a fair amount of uncertain news, so I'm a little. I'm going to give you the encouraging story still in the hogs. I think there's more up than down. All right, sounds good. Uh, over to the grain side, we saw the weekend with uh, grains lower, soybeans a bit to the higher, and some crop ratings that might be setting some records. Well, we started the week out, um, well, a shortened week, but a week nonetheless, um, with the um, <clears throat> crop ratings on Tuesday, and I. Well, obviously, everybody was surprised that the market would have not reacted that way otherwise. But, uh, you know, that, what was it, 79% good excellent on the corn? I think a record for that week. Um, I don't know what it's like in your part of Nebraska, but I can tell you where, where we live, everybody was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, people are still trying to finish planting here. Uh, and then if you go east of me 100 miles, it's even worse. Uh, it just happened to be in a pocket here where it snowed three times in April, and then it won't stop raining. Um, but nonetheless. Uh, obviously, it's a big corn belt, and uh, that's what the trade reacted to. Um, of course, you know this 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 trade concerns is in and out of the marketplace, but um, I, I taking all of that. Okay, take all of that, and 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 I still want to encourage the hedger to look at historically what what has been an okay thing to do, the right thing to do, and that's to do some marketing on the spring rally, right? Uh, that. It, the, particularly the last three years. Uh, so do I need, you know, do I want to climb all over everybody and get it all done? No, no, but some. Uh, you know, I sat 9, 10, 11 months with most of my customers when the market's at 340 and they're gone. Do you think we'll ever get a chance to sell it above $4? Um, I, I, I would, I, you know, whatever. I'm done hollering at you. I think a guy has to pay attention a little bit here. If, if in fact, this weather smooths out a little bit and it's warm and it's raining everywhere, you know, you're going you're to get this crop off to a good start and you're going to set back prices a little bit, in my opinion. Well, not only is areas of Iowa frustrated, there's areas to the east frustrated and Michigan and Pennsylvania, the two states are the farthest behind when it comes to getting any sort of crop in the ground. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, and, um, 
I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's always you, you hate to be the, the the guy that's sitting in that that difficult spot, of course. But at this point, I can tell you that the broader trader is looking at uh, that the, the opinion that by them at least is that there's enough places where things are okay um, uh, or better than okay to, to offset them. So we'll see. I think the the bean trade today. Um, nice to see it a little higher. Uh, I think there's a little risk of some acre shift that the market may find out about as we go along. There certainly was some here, um, and I think there was some in small grain country, too, shift away from wheat to beans. Here it was shifting away from corn when it got too late to beans. Um, beans don't have actually as good of fundamentals as the corn does from a carryout standpoint either. Um, but, yeah, we've got Brazil with their annual truck strike. Uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek. It seems like it's every year anyway, uh, but it's a little bit in the market now, but they always seem to resolve it at some point, so I don't. I guess I'm really not treating that as a long-term factor, Susan. What's the best way, Brad, for folks to get a hold of you? They want to talk more markets. 800-358-3047. Thanks for the plug. Talk to you again. All right, Brad Coima joining us with Coima and Kamek out of Sioux Center, Iowa. You can, of course, listen to it as a podcast coming up later this um, Friday afternoon after 3 o'clock through our website. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.